Firstly, I'm speaking to Nigel Ridge, who has been managing the UK Absolute Return Fund since October 2013. He's generated impressive returns since his appointment. Nigel, hello to you. Hello. We're now approaching the two-year anniversary of the fund. Perhaps we, I could start by asking you what the key drivers for the fund's strong performance have been since you assumed responsibility. OK. And what I'd like to say is thank you, everybody, for showing confidence in the fund. And clearly, it's been a, a good outcome for the last two years. I think the really good thing is that it's actually come from a collection of uh, shares, both on the long side and the short side. But there are a few standouts in the portfolio. And the great thing is, is that we're very confident about these names continuing to drive performance as we uh, move forward. I guess the one that I would highlight is the one that we've talked about for some time, which would be uh, Betfair. And Betfair is a really exciting investment. We originally introduced it into the fund because we felt that it was a misunderstood investment opportunity. It's got great IP, but was really struggling to turn that into a commercial um, application. And in fact, others in the gaming industry were doing far better. But there was a change of management and we had a series of meetings with the team and we were sufficiently impressed to add to the uh, position in the fund. And the stock price at the time would have been £9, £9.50. Share price today is an impressive uh, £32. That's £32 in less than two years. At which point you might say, well, Nigel, why aren't you taking the money off the table? Well, the great thing is, is that the company is going from strength to strength. And the most recent trading update was very impressive, leading to significant upgrades. But in addition to that, on the day, they announced a merger with another well-known company, uh, Paddy Power, which is listed in Ireland. And we believe that if this merger is successful, it will be an extraordinarily powerful proposition, not just actually in the UK, but also uh, around the world. We've done an awful lot of work on what we think might happen, assuming that this transaction completes. And we're extraordinarily um, excited about what it might mean for the stock price, not just in the short term, but also in the long term. So that's a great stock to describe on the, on the long side of the portfolio. If we look at the short side of the portfolio, I know you've had a, a less positive view on the UK food retailers. Perhaps you could describe some of the rationale for your investments. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Chris. And uh, clearly, we don't like focusing on individual names, but we're very happy to talk about uh, sectors of the market where we are cautious. We've been cautious on the sector for a considerable time now. And the rationale really is that there are a lot of competitive pressures so the first thing that I would uh, highlight, of course, is that food retail is increasingly going online, hence the success of companies like Mercado. That means that new capacity is coming into the marketplace. The second is that in response to the, you know, the recession in the UK and the period of austerity, there was a move towards using discount retailers such as Aldi and, and Lidl. As a result of that, those companies are now introducing a lot of new space and therefore taking market share. That makes life extremely difficult for the other major supermarket groups. And finally, there's been a lot of pressure on the high street. And what that means is a lot of closure of traditional um, stores. And therefore, the food retailers have begun to enter or re-enter the high street through convenience. And once again, that's new capacity. So what that all means together is that yeah, we went through a period during the last 20 years where these supermarket companies spent a lot of money on out-of-town large retail stores. And the reality is, is that most customers now would rather go somewhere else. So therefore, less people are going to those stores. And if less people go, there's less revenue. Costs are pretty fixed. Therefore, profits go down. So that's the basis of our view. Now, what's really interesting is the way the industry is now reacting. 
So you've seen a number of high-profile changes in management teams. You've seen dividends being cut, even passed at the lights of, of Tesco. And now the talk is all about actually taking capacity out rather than adding capacity. So things have really changed in response to the drop in the uh, the share prices. Now, yeah, we have to be very grown up about our view, and clearly our view has been well-founded, and therefore stock prices have fallen you know, a, a long way. I mean, Tesco has halved in the last but, uh, but two how years. But how do you go about closing the position um, with, with those? Because you've, met, you've made some money, but it's as important to close the short yeah. when, when sentiment changes. That's a really way. good question, because uh, I think that one of the things that people don't understand regarding shorting is that ultimately you're probably going to have to buy the shares back at some point unless, of course, the company uh, goes to the wall. So we have a big focus on what is implied in the stock price. So when there's a lot of negative news, we take a judgment on how bad things can really get because management teams don't like falling stock prices and they therefore try to uh, repair some sort of value. So you might have noted if you looked at the fund profile recently that the short position in food retail has, uh, has fallen or reduced. And that's really two reasons. One is because the great thing about success in shorting is that it gets smaller. But secondly, we have actually um, you know, decided to actually buy back some shares or retire some of these shorts, which has therefore uh, reduced our short position. Now, obviously, in the past couple of months, we've seen increased market volatility. The final thing I wanted to ask you, Nigel, how, how does that help or does it hinder the management of, of this type of portfolio? Yeah, volatility is really interesting. If we went back to the start of the year, I recall saying that I felt that volatility would rise as the year progressed, as we moved away from uh, QE in it's North America. It's always nice to be right about that sort of thing. Yeah, it? yeah, it helps. It does help. I'm not, I'm not right all the time, I must, uh, I must admit. And therefore, of course, it'll be a difficult year for equities. And that's proved to be the case. As we see today, market is down. Now, I actually think that uh, the volatility is our friend as a long short investor for two reasons one is because if volatility goes up it is really hard work in equities to make absolute returns so therefore that makes our proposition a lot more attractive and secondly volatility means stock prices go up and down a lot more and uh, because we're very much focused on fundamentals we can effectively pick off really good ideas at great prices or indeed short some shares that become dramatically overvalued so for for me uh, I, you know I I found the low volatility bull market equities a lot more challenging. I'd much rather um, exist in a world where there's a bit more volatility. What a really interesting view. Nigel Ridge, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you, Chris. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.